Let us pray. God, take our ears and hear through them. Take our minds and think through them. And take our hearts and set them on fire. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Well, in case you missed it, uh, last Wednesday was, was Groundhog Day. Yeah. Every year there are stories in the, in the news about whether Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow or not. Uh, and every year I cannot remember whether an oversized rodent seeing his shadow means six more weeks of winter or six less weeks of winter. And uh, every year it doesn't matter a bit. Although I did learn, I did learn that um, Groundhog Day was, uh, was one of Bert Kalinske's favorite holidays. And uh, if you knew Bert, that makes perfect sense. And, uh, and we're really going to miss him. Well, uh, every year on Groundhog Day, uh, one station or another, or one streaming service or another, also airs the 1993 film that starred Bill Murray and Andy McDowell titled Groundhog Day. How many of you have ever seen that film? So, so quite a few people have seen it. Uh, Bill Murray, if you haven't seen it, plays a big city TV weatherman who's sent out uh, to rural Pennsylvania to, uh, to, knob, to, to Gobbler's Knob to cover this story. He doesn't really want to be there. He wants to get back to the big city. So he files his report, makes his plans. Snowstorm strikes. He gets stranded. He has to spend the night. He wakes up the next morning and Groundhog Day again. Files his report, makes his plans to leave. Snowstorm strikes, stranded. Spends another night, wakes up. Groundhog Day again. And the next morning, ground, and the next day, and the next day. He's stuck in this time loop, which is the whole premise of the film. And, you know, whether Puxatawney Phil saw his shadow this year or not doesn't make much difference, especially here in the Northwest. It's hard for me to see how a rodent can change weather patterns here in Oregon. But that film that they show every year uh, seems, and that premise of that film seems very timely to me. There are actually two other films that was that same premise that came out recently. Um, maybe you saw Andy Samberg's film, Palm Springs. Uh, I like Andy Samberg. I like that film. And then uh, Kurt told me there was another film that's come out, which I hadn't even heard about, uh, but it's titled The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. It's a rom-com, also built on that same premise. See, I think a lot of us are feeling stuck in a time loop. That's how COVID, this COVID pandemic, feels to me. It was. It was, it was almost two years ago, March of 2020, that it started. I think all of us are pretty sure it's going to last about a month, maybe six weeks, and then every morning we'd wake up, morning after morning after morning, to the same news. And then a year ago, right? 2021, news of, vac of, of a vaccine, great news. Many of us got vaccinated. There was that brief window, like May, June, July, when our lives started to open up again. Then Delta had to kind of re-tighten um, um, things back down again. That passed, starts to open up again. Omicron comes, have to tighten down again. It's like we're stuck in a time loop of optimism and outbreak, optimism an outbreak, optimism, I hope not too many more of these outbreaks. And, and here, right, we didn't meet in person for a very long time. Started to meet in person again, had to stop meeting in person again. We're starting to meet in person again. Feels like we've been here before. In fact, as I was thinking about this service, as I was thinking about this sermon, there came a point where I thought, I, I don't have a lot left to say. I think I've said everything I've got to say about this pandemic. Uh, we've talked about it as, we talked about this as being a liminal season. Uh, I've already preached that sermon twice. I do not think I can walk that dog again. 
Uh, I spent a number of weeks preaching on the new normal because when I started that series back in, I think it was October, I assumed by now we would be well on our way to a new normal. I think the next time I preach that series, it's going to have to be titled The New New Normal, uh, but I hope that doesn't come. Kind of feels like Groundhog Day, though. And it's not just COVID. You know, we can get stuck in those timelets and those kind of endless repetitive cycles in our lives, too. Um, there are those times often around the beginning of a new year when we get kind of a new burst of energy. We're going to take on a new project. We're going to take up a new challenge. And we're pretty gung-ho. And then we get a little distracted or we get tired or we get disappointed. And, well, sometimes by February or March, we kind of end up back where we started. Or there are those times when we decide we're going to make a change in our lives. We're going to get, off, get, get a fresh start. We're going to maybe give up an old bad habit and take on a new, healthier, holier one. Sometimes we get tripped up by temptation or we lose heart, and uh, we can end up back where we started. But it's, it's not just us. I mean, countries can get stuck in these, these loops, too, can get stuck in these cycles. I mean, think about the history of this country and the way the, the legacy of slavery has and continues uh, to trip us up and to trap us in that cycle. 19th century, right? The Emancipation Proclamation, 1862. You had that period of reconstruction afterwards, kind of a new start. That lasted 12 years, and then a big backlash. We had the KKK and lynchings, and it started to seem like we'd ended up back where we started. The 20th century, Civil Rights Movement, Voting Rights Act, and then the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, what Rachel, or Michelle Alexander calls the New Jim Crow era, kind of felt like we were back where we started. 21st century, Black Lives, Ladder, Black Lives Matter movement, police reform. It only took about a year before the Proud Boys and an insurrection on the Capitol steps and now new voting rights restrictions. Feels like an endless, repetitive, cycle. So when it feels like Groundhog Day again and again and again, when we get stuck in those time loops, how do we keep going? How do we sustain a hope that it doesn't always have to be like this? How do we not give up or give in? How do we not become pessimistic or apathetic or cynical or just mean-spirited? Where do we find the strength and the purpose and, and the will to keep pressing on? Well, those are the questions that the author of Hebrews is writing about and answering in this reading we've heard today from uh, Hebrews chapter 12. To his readers then, and to us still, the author writes, let us run with endurance or perseverance, the race that is set before us. So this book of Hebrews is, is written to a community of Christians in, in the early church. And they had found themselves in, in a repetitive cycle of persecution, relative indifference, and then outbreaks of violence. Persecution, relative indifference, outbreaks of violence. If you look earlier in chapter 10, we're told that they had been exposed, some of them, to public abuse. Some of them had been imprisoned. Many of them had had their possessions plundered. Uh, earlier, before Hebrews was written, they had lived through persecution in the time of Nero. So that was 64 of the common era, or 64 AD. And it won't be long after this letter is written that they will live through persecution again in the time of Domitian, 85 of the common era. So the author is writing to them and writing to us still about durable faith, faith that can persevere, 
that can press on, that can hold fast when it feels like we are stuck in an endless loop. And the writer calls them and calls us to look to Jesus so that we won't grow weary or lose heart. Look to Jesus who, and this is in verse 2, for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken a seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Look to Jesus. Jesus who is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Jesus who's gone ahead and shows us what is possible. Jesus who lived a life of perfect love and shows us then the possibilities of love. Jesus who fed the hungry and healed the sick and welcomed people who'd been marginalized by their communities. Jesus who challenged the, the systems that oppressed people. Jesus who presses us to love even our enemies because that's how God loves us all. And when it all became too much, when it became too unsettling, too threatening to the powers that be, they arrested him, they put him through a show trial, they unjustly convicted him, they sentenced him to death. But even as they were crucifying him, Jesus breaks the cycle. He breaks that endless loop of violence and domination and hatred and fear. Jesus insists on loving his enemies, on praying for the ones who are persecuting him, insists on forgiving the ones who are killing him. And then God raises Christ from the dead. And this is the heart of the gospel. This is the center. This is the core of the good news. Love endures. Love never ends. And so when we get stuck in these cycles of, of sin or despair or weariness or hopelessness, if, when we wonder if we're ever going to get unstuck, look to Jesus. Jesus who breaks those cycles by the power of forgiveness and mercy and compassion and love. Look to Jesus who promises that we have a future and a hope, that it doesn't always have to be this way. Jesus who holds out the vision of the kingdom of God, a beloved community of hospitality and equity and peace. Jesus who calls us not to give up, not to give in, but to press on, to follow him into that future. It was, um, I think it was about four years ago, 2018. Uh, you do kind of lose track of time during COVID. I think it was four years ago. I was up hiking in, uh, at Tahoma, what we call Mount Rainier National Park these days. I was up there in uh, uh, October, and that afternoon I was hiking by myself, and I headed up the Pinnacle Pass, uh, the Pinnacle Peak Saddle Trail, which if you've been to Tahoma or to Rainier, is the trailhead is right across the, the street from Reflection Lake. And if you ever have a chance, you should definitely do that hike. It's not a long hike, but it's pretty stout. It's about 1,200 feet of elevation gain. At points, it can be kind of rocky on the trail. At points, there's a little bit of exposure. And uh, as it's true on every hike I've ever been on, it's always longer than I expect it's going to be. But at the top, the trail kind of levels off. And then all of a sudden, there's this portal. There's these two natural rocks that kind of frame this view. And as you come over the edge and you look out, you get this unbelievable vista of Mount Adams, of goat rocks, and in my memory, there's also um, Mount St. Helens off to the side, and then you turn around, and Rainier is just this hulking mass of a mountain, and it's like close enough to touch it. It's unbelievable. It's spectacular. It's one of my favorite hikes, and it was late in the fall. It's only a very crowded trail, but it's late in the fall, so I had it to myself. And the thing is, when I'm in the wilderness, I get very greedy. I get very stingy. I don't want to share it with anyone else. I mean, if you're hiking with me, I'll share it with you, but that's all. I don't want anyone else to be there. I had it all to myself. It was, fantastic. It was perfect. I stayed there for 30 minutes, and then I headed down. 
On the way down, about halfway down, I ran into two other hikers. I don't think they were ready for this hike. They had on tennis shoes, and I think they had one bottle of water between them on what was a pretty hot afternoon. And, uh, and they looked at me with longing eyes and said, are we almost there? And I very much wanted to say yes, but I knew that wasn't the right answer. They had switchbacks. They had some elevation gain to go. But what I could say to them was, keep going, because you don't want to miss what's ahead. See, that's what Jesus says to us in the Gospels. Keep going. Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, says, keep going. You don't want to miss what's ahead. Keep going. Keep living lives of compassion and mercy. Keep working for equity and peace. Keep caring for each other and praying for each other and loving each other because you don't want to miss the future that God's love makes possible. But Jesus doesn't just show us what's possible. Jesus doesn't call, call us to follow him and then leave it up to us to try to, to try to keep up. Because it turns out that keeping up with Jesus is really hard to do. Jesus also makes it possible. Makes it possible for us to follow. Makes it possible for us to live the kind of life that he lived. When the, when the author uh, of Hebrews writes that Jesus is the pioneer of our faith, the Greek word there is, is archegos, which is not a common word in the New Testament. It only shows up, I think, four times. One of them is earlier in chapter 2. But um, that word has a basic meaning. The basic meaning of archegos is someone who starts something so that others can enter into it. And archegos is one who blazes a trail for others to follow. William Barclay, who's a great Scottish uh, expositor, uh, writes that an archegos is one who goes ahead and makes the way safe for others. You know, there, was a, there was a story in the news uh, a while back about, um, about an archegos. It's a story that's um, largely been forgotten, but in 1923, off the coast of California, uh, the U.S. Navy had one of the worst peacetime accidents, peacetime disasters ever. There were 15 ships that were sailing south. It, was, it, was, um, it, was, it had turned uh, to, to night. Uh, they had been up in San Francisco. They'd been in San Francisco Bay for a uh, fleet week, and they're heading back down to San Diego. The lead ship was navigating for all the others. All the other ships were just following behind. The lead ship made a navigational mistake and led that convoy into a rocky point off of Santa Barbara. Seven of the 15 ships were wrecked. 23 sailors died. But 800 sailors were saved. And they were saved because one sailor from one of the ships that wrecked grabbed a line and swam with it to another ship that was still stable and afloat. And then the rest of the sailors could grab hold of that lifeline and get to safety. See, that sailor who swam first, who crossed the danger, who made the way safe for others, that's an archegos. And that's the image in Hebrews. Jesus is our archegos. Jesus is the one who goes ahead and makes it possible for us to follow. Jesus promises that his spirit will be with us, that his spirit will lead us into all truth. Jesus, who fed hungry people, promises to be the bread of life for us. It's in the forgiveness that Jesus teaches us to pray for that we find the grace to forgive others. It's the love of Jesus in our hearts, in our lives, that expands our capacity to love others. Jesus is the source of hope and strength and courage and the patience we need to run with endurance the race that's been set before us. So look to Jesus. 
Trust Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Open your hearts, your minds, your souls, your lives, your futures. to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. It's a powerful image. Jesus out front pointing the way, breaking the trail, charting the path. But if you've ever hiked in the wilderness, if you've ever hiked in the back country, that Pinnacle Peak Saddle Trail, that's a very busy trail. You're not going to miss that one. But if you're in the back country, um, it can be easy to, to lose the trail. It can be sometimes hard to follow. If you come to a sandy stretch, if you cross a creek, um, if you're on a granite shelf, sometimes the trail just disappears. The trail exists because the map says it exists. You know it's charted out, but sometimes it's pretty unclear where it goes next. I know this happened to me. I've come to those spots and, and taken off in the direction I was pretty sure was the right direction and hiked for about half an hour and realized, this, I've been here before. Get stuck in one of those loops, right? Well, when you come to a place like that, when the trail is faint, when it's hard to follow, the trick is to look for carns, or sometimes they're called ducks, or sometimes they're called blazes. It's just a stack of three or four rocks, one on top of the other. The rocks that have been stacked and left by people who've gone ahead. People who might have struggled to find them trail to find the trail themselves. But once they have, they leave a marker for people who are coming, people who can follow, a marker that points the way. See, I think that's what the great cloud of witnesses is that this writer is talking about in chapter 12. The great cloud of witnesses are those ones who've gone before us, the ones who help us find our way as followers of Jesus. So who have those people been in your life? Who's helped you see what love looks like? Who's lived with persistent joy uh, and generosity and gratitude? Who's persevered in their faith in the way and the truth and the life of Jesus? Who have those people been in your life? When hope flags, when we grow weary, when we feel like we're going in circles, when we're not sure what's next, remember them. Because they're the ones that can help us find our way. Their lives bear witness to what love looks like. There are days, there are weeks, there are months, even years, when it can feel like we are stuck in a time loop, like it's Groundhog Day over and over and over again. But do you remember how that movie ends? For most of it, Bill Murray, Bill Murray's character, named Phil appropriately, is trying to seduce Andy McDowell's character named Rita. Nothing more than a fling before he can get back to the big city, which for him is Pittsburgh. It's only when his love becomes true that he can get out of the time loop and that they can go on together with their lives. Well, love breaks the cycle. In a Hollywood movie, that can sound a little trite. In the hands of Bill Murray, it can be more than a little starky, snarky. But that doesn't mean that it's not true. When we feel stuck, it seems like we're going in circles. Love can break the cycle. Love, the kind of love that was in Christ Jesus, can open the way to the kind of life together that we all hope for. Always love. So let us love always. Amen.